0: Podcasting worldwide from Vancouver, Canada. Canada. Welcome back to the Personal Process Podcast. The show that takes you through the growth, hardship, self discovery, lessons, and stories of individuals who achieved success in their own personal path. Trust the process. Absolutely. And I think. uh... With that being said, you know, being heard and having differences leads us to a very nice segue into diversity and privilege, mm-hmm. Carl. So, would you mind sharing us your experiences and I guess what your goals are with those two factors?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I've, um, growing up in a diverse area like the San Francisco Bay Area, uh, you know, there's opportunities. To be who I am, you know, I'm I'm a biracial child. My dad's black, my mom's German, Irish, and Indian. My dad, you know, is a family from Haiti and also from the South, right? And just you know, so there's a lot of different, um, just you know, a mixture. And so one of the cool things about growing up in the Bay Area was there was a lot of people who went, looked like me, and you know, and I, I I get mistaken for Hispanic all the time. People people want to take my last name and say Rabon or Rabon, right? <laughs> and and you know, I've gotten two jobs because they thought I spoke Spanish. And There you go. Yeah. So and the, they try to give me the Spanish speaking case. So I'm like, oh, I I took it for four years, but I still can't speak it very well. Hablo no uh, español. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what, that <laughs> would make you think that I speak Spanish. And you're right. So, anyways. <laughs> so um, just having that perspective, you know, I I really was able to experience a lot of diversity and just celebrate and a ton of my friends i mean some of my best friends are you know um one of them is norwegian and mexican my best my best and my best friend in high school was um, el salvadorian and japanese by way of peru right and then i have tons of friends that are guatemalan or el salvadorian from um from argentina and from italy and you know so these are and of course you know some folks that are african-american right so we just had this huge group of friends that we, you know, I, I was able to mingle with, and it really wasn't until I got older when I moved down to Southern California that I really understood that there are lines that some places you cannot cross. And it never really was something that I thought about much growing up where I grew up, but in the Bay area, you, you could experience that too, but i never really understood until I was older, but I just yeah. was, I, I was, I was exposed to so many different cultures and diversity. And so it's always been something for me to have, a better understanding of each other. And that's really where I I go to when we talk about things such as diversity and, and having that idea of where does, where does bias come from? And Mm. bias, bias comes from those things that we learn at a young age, right? Bias is something that we prefer based off of our experience and what we feel comfortable with. And so, you know, telling somebody, you know, please and thank you or sir and ma'am, I grew up saying sir and ma'am, right. You know, and, you know that that's how you greet people. I agree, with people that are younger than me that way. I get in trouble with that sometimes. Ma'am, I'm I'm not as old as you are. Blah blah blah. Right. So, <laughs> but um, just the understanding that those things that are important to me, you know, are to have that emotional response. Right? Mm. I have an emotional response. An example, and this may frustrate may may frustrate some of your younger folks around. But I have a hard time with people when I see them sagging their pants. Right, guys mm. yeah, sagging their pants. Right. And it was something that I'd always have a negative reaction to. And and to to this day, I still have a, uh, right. But what I realized in thinking about it was that it would affect the level of service I was providing to my customers if I judged them based off of how they wore their pants. Sure. And so I had to think about where that came from. And I remember my dad when I was like 11 or 12, you know, and two guys walked by with their pants sagging and the big white shirts, like you were in prison. Right. And, you know, cussing and everything. And, my dad turned around and looked at me and he said three words to me he said if you ever <laughs> so yep. I'm 11 12 that's ingrained in my head 20 years later I'm training folks that are on welfare how to find work and if you think you know some of my some of my clients probably walk through the pan through the door with their pants sagging more than a few right yep and if I would allow that my reaction in my head to cloud my judgment and how I interacted with them, I would not have given them the same respect and attention that I would have somebody who walked in wearing um, khakis and a polo shirt, right. Or a clean white shirt ready to work. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, so it was one of those things where I, and I had some people that were doing everything that, that everyone asked them to do, which they were sagging their pants. And and so I had this negative thought in my head and I had to really think about where it came from. My dad was a cop. So he understood what the inside of a prison looked like. Mm-hmm. so he you let me know that's prison that's prison wear. well that was in 1985
2: 2000
1: 2005 it's a style oh yeah 2020 it's a style people wear it like that if you buy if you buy jeans these days if they're skinny jeans they're gonna sag naturally right so yeah i had to i had to consciously think about it you know and so the emotional response is oh man they're not serious about it or they're trying to dress like criminals or whatever else it is, right? Trying to be bad or something that they're not. And the rational response is it's a style. It's a style that that's not your style, obviously, but it's somebody else's style. they that's how they wanted to dress. And that's that they're fine in that way. Now, if someone came to me and said, well, "Could you give me some tips on, um, on interviews? Yeah. We're about, right. But until somebody, <laughs> right. But if but until somebody asks me specifically, who am I to provide that type of judgment on them? And mm-hmm. so it's a mental thought. I have to, yep. consciously, I have to consciously do it. Uh, I just, you know That's style. So now Definitely. it's the style rather than, oh, they're not serious about life. Mm-hmm. Which was something that my dad said, that's, that's what you get when you sag your pants. Right? So you see, that's a growth thing. Definitely. That's something that I had to learn over time. Definitely. And and so there's those things all the time where you come across your biases that you think um, are right or wrong. And those biases are right to you. They're value systems, their work ethics, those things that people that loved you taught you. Yeah, so they can't be wrong. Yeah. How many you tell me my grandma was wrong? Right. Yeah. So and you
0: know. fr- first of all, thank you for sharing that anecdote, Carl. And, you know, it's something that I think a lot of people wouldn't be brave enough to share. But you know you're mentioning to you know if you can get a belt get one and i don't think you even need judgment to do that because the fact of the matter is there are people that have prejudice and some people that know they have prejudice but i think the majority don't and they have that instinctual thought in the back of their head and they go forward with it and i think that's one thing that hopefully through mindfulness you know we can come together as the world cuz you know i think i'm up in canada right now but you know we're seeing the stuff that's going on in the us and it's it's a little bit hard to see. And I honestly don't think from the political sides so that people are too different. You know, I honestly think that the majority of them want the best for their kids. They want the best for themselves, their family. And to see so much, you know, anger and argument between them, it's it's a little bit heartbreaking. And I think if we just realize that we have prejudice, I mean, it's a hard thing yeah. to do, right? I mean, it exists,
1: it exists it, within us. We're all prejudiced. We all have a bias. Mm-hmm. We all have things that we prefer right? So, and that's really what the bias is. It's what we prefer. Those things that are ingrained in our head, like I said, that were lessons learned at a younger age, Mm -hmm. they are value systems that those are tough nuts to crack, right? So people, you have people all the time that, first of all, privilege, you know, when people have privilege, most people don't even realize they have privilege or that they're acting within privilege. And so when you talk about, yeah, when you talk about privilege, you know, a lot of people think, You know, a lot of people use it as a weapon. Well, that's just your privilege showing. Well, if you don't explain to that person what privilege is, how are they supposed to know when their privilege is showing? Well, everyone knows what privilege is. We just talked about that for the last, what, 20 minutes. Not everyone knows, right? Not everyone Mm -hmm. is exposed to that. If If you were from a homogenous community where it was, you know, mostly the same ethnic group, Mm-hmm. you're you know you're going to have customs and 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 culture and the idea of what society is and how it acts and how it interacts with each other that's going to be different than somebody you know i i mean you know i grew up in san francisco you know maybe there's a different culture in vancouver or maybe a rural area outside of vancouver right you know um i know there's a big difference between just being in san francisco and a two-hour drive up to mendocino county up where i live and and you know so there's different cultures where we grew up and what we're exposed to Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: so just recognizing that we have preferences and when somebody is doing something opposite or that counteracts that preference it's going to cause us to get into that limbic system the amygdala is going to send out the fight flight and freeze right Mm -hmm. we freeze sometimes too right you know and so that doesn't compute that doesn't make sense and i'm really good at holding my tongue but my face
0: always gives it away (laughs) And, oh man, that uh, is a beautiful face right there.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. So so we have that privilege. Another thing to think about is that white privilege white privilege is not the only privilege. For sure. Right? I don't have white privilege. I mean I have a white mother, but I was, you know, no one, you know, would ever mistake me for a Caucasian person. I've been called a million different things, but never white. Right. And so um, just recognizing that, you know, I'm a male, right? I'm cisgendered right Mm -hmm. Um, you know so you know I'm I'm heterosexual I'm educated right and um, all of those things are privileges when you look at the other side of the scale those other folks don't have those advantages that a male might have in society you know as a male I never have to worry about whether or not I'm gonna get hired based off of me being pregnant or not definitely and I had someone in a hiring panel one time say, "Oh man, she would be great for us, but you know what? She's five months pregnant. We're not going to probably see her for nine months." That would never be a consideration for me, and it shouldn't have been a consideration for her. But it's just one of those things where that's my male privilege. Absolutely,
0: right? and, and so,
1: but it wasn't something I thought about until that moment.
0: Definitely, and I think there's two different uh, aspects to this. You know, there's one of even realizing you have privilege. Actually, there's three, you know, there's one realizing you have privilege, there's one assessing, like, someone can tell you you have privilege, but I'm sure Carl, you've gone to instances where you say, hey, you know, you might be privileged in this situation, or it's like, Oh, no, you're wrong. Blah, blah, blah. I had to do X, yeah. Y, Z. But then you're like, yeah, you had to do X, Y, Z. But everyone else had to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, T, to Z yeah. Yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there was an interesting picture. I'm not sure if you've seen it on social media, but there's like a baseball game, and there's one person who's just standing up to see the baseball game. And then there's a little bit shorter person who has to stand on a box. Yeah. And that's kind of like yeah. the handicap they need to yeah. do the same equity. thing on equity. Yeah, ex- exactly. Equity. Yeah. And do you mind kind of just giving us a little spiel on equity and why it's important, Carl? Yeah,
1: sure. So equality means everything is theoretically uh, available to everyone right so everyone you know has the, the same access or no not the same act but everyone has the idea of freedom and freedom of speech and whatnot so equity talks about having the same access sure right and so and you hear people i, I whenever i talk about privilege you know and i and i do a ton of different seminars on them you know and I had one person say, you know what, I you keep talking about privilege, you know, I'm a white person, but I grew up in the sticks and I had to fight for everything I had and both my parents for this and that. and We didn't have anything and I slept on the floor. Well, absolutely. And that's an economic privilege. Sure. You know, that's the, there is economic privilege. People who grew up in middle to high class probably have experienced things, you know, in a more favorable light in terms of society than folks who grew up, you know, hand, hand to mouth. Right, mm-hmm. and so, or you know, so, or in homes and in the system and on on a on assistance and all those different things. So, absolutely, you know, that person who had more money had more privilege than you. But to be a Caucasian male in the society affords you privileges that being a, not being a Caucasian male doesn't afford you. You have a little bit more access. You have doors that are open to you more naturally. Yeah. Then you would have, yeah, well, I had to fight the tooth. Th- yeah, sure, absolutely. You got straight A's. That's cool. You know, and, you know, that probably you became the lawyer that you are because of that. Right. Absolutely. But, you know, just think about somebody else who maybe didn't have the access to the schools that you have or to the, to, you know, the, the, um, having somebody at home or having a tutor. Right. Or having, you know, not to have to take the bus home every day or have to walk home every day, you know. And so there's different privileges that could be afforded to people that they don't even realize have affected them in a favorable way than other folks. But see, that goes back to thinking about other people. Yep. All right. And, and being compassionate towards other folks. You know, the one thing about the masks that people talk about all the time and, and what I think a lot of people are missing is that the mask that you wear protects other people from you.
0: What do you mean by that?
1: So when you're wearing, when you're wearing a mask, you Wearing a mask is not going to keep the virus out 100%. Right?
0: Mm-hmm. We already know. Oh, get okay. The mouth. I thought you were talking yeah. figuratively.
1: Yeah. No, no, no. no, no. no okay. So, um, but the mask that you're wearing is keeping the spittle and no. the microbes that are coming out of your mouth from being sprayed everywhere. And how many people are walking around right now uh, infected with the virus that don't even realize they have it? Yep. And so that's the challenge is to tell, trying to get people to realize the mask is not to protect you it's to protect other people. And when other people are doing that and you're doing that, then we're all protected.
0: Absolutely. And right. kind of just to go down this small point, talking about like egos and talking about personalities, I think the unfortunate aspect, like we met, like I mentioned earlier, I genuinely think that the difference between, you know, the left and right political affiliations is very minute. And I, Honestly, I think the majority of them have very similar interests and most of them are good hearted. You'll have some evil people here and there. But I honestly think the majority of individuals are very caring and loving. And I think the unfortunate aspect is like, for example, with the mask issue, you know, like the Democrats were attacking the Republicans for not wearing masks. And maybe it was because of the media that they were getting because, you know, social media targets specific things to you based sure. on your political affiliation they sure. don't see anything else and same with the democrats and now they're just fighting and you know if you call someone dumb you're not going to change their mind the only yeah. thing they're going to change is that guy's going to throw up his fist like you're mentioning throwing it back the back of your head's firing up and you're like i'm going to war and you have to double yeah. down and yeah. you know, i'm sure there are some individuals that have taken the time to reanalyze and change their method because of that. But there are way better ways to do it, such as soft skills.
1: So back to soft skills. Yeah.
0: Everything's connected. I mean, this one issue could have been alleviated by saying that, hey, guys, you know, like, I appreciate you. I understand you. Like, let's work together. You know, like we're in this together. Like the whole world's in this together, you know, like the US, Canada, everyone's in this together. And we should really get together at a, you know, fundamental level. And, you know, we have this virus right now. Regardless of how it came in or whose fault it is, this is a situation we're in right now. We can right. we can work together and go forward or we can butt heads and make this process ten times harder, you know? Yeah. Um I I, <sighs> I really
1: feel that if people would say, you know what, wearing a mask will help you in this way, will help us in this way, and I would definitely appreciate if you were to do that rather than you're not wearing a mask, you're stupid. Mm. Like you mentioned. You know, when you call someone names, all you're doing is getting them into fight mode or flight mode, or, yeah. you know, they're going to shut down or they're going to argue with you and they're going to, whatever that is, they're, they stop listening. Absolutely. And so it goes back to what we're talking about to be able to better connect with people. There are things, there are certain ways that probably are better, you know, um, how to communicate that message to other people, right? Always telling somebody that they're wrong. You know, it's it's the difference between telling a child that they're bad and that the behavior that they're doing is bad, right? Mm-hmm. Because they can correct the behavior. But if you keep telling them that they're bad, that's who they are. They start yeah. wearing that, right? So... You know, you have a bunch of folks, and you know, I I, I wish everyone thought like me, acted like me, and, and believed in what I thought in and everyone. But I also realize that different people have different backgrounds, they have different educational backgrounds, they have different experiences, and they're hearing different sure. information from different places because our our media is so polarized these days. So, you know, and so it's it's one of those things. I I read a a meme on I can't Facebook or Instagram, the other yeah, day, yeah, and it said. Um, I wish there's there are times I wish I didn't understand psychology as well as I do so I could really be outraged <laughs> so it's one of those things where I don't you know I the init- my first response is frustration anger outrage and then rationally it's how do I connect with them how do I get them to see that and we're not going to see eye to eye when we're calling each other stupid or or commies yeah, or or you know um, snowflakes or anything else that people want to say. It's just their emotional way of uh, communicating. And I, w- I wish more people were more exposed to the those reactions that we communicate. You know, they're not they're not the most productive ways of of getting your point across.
0: Absolutely, and you know it's it's. I think let's let's go back. I think it kind of relates to what do I want to do? Because I think when we see something that we don't like, especially when it's politicized and, you know, to a high degree, it's very easy for us to just lash out. Right. But let's go back to even like good parenting skills. What do you do? You talk to your kid and then you're like, hey, okay, what happened? Okay, what did you think? Because you know, like there may be an instance where the child, I don't know, stole a toy from Toys R Us or something, Yeah. but they might just not understand that they can do that. Or maybe they were saying, oh, I just wanted to borrow it and bring it back. It'd be okay. That's, I don't know. I do that at my friend's house so I could do it here. And maybe it's just a genuine piece of small understanding. But if the parent was supposed to get angry with that child, then they would maybe do it behind their backs. And, you know, that just, decays the trust that decays the conversation that could decays so much more you're literally throwing uh what's it called fire on the bridge collapsing that permanently rather than just saying okay there's a step missing let's put on a step nail it in and make it stronger and yeah carl i think that's such a key point that you mentioned you know just talking understanding going from a place of compassion i mean i guess what is the one type of communication that you think would really benefit individuals at large there's obvious differences but if you had to get the best bang for your buck what would you say right now very deep and hard question so feel free to skip if you like <laughs>
1: I, no no i think one of one of the gifts of uh, and, and, and i say gifts people are dying right but one of the gifts of this whole situation is is that people are rediscovering opportunities to communicate face-to-face. Um, not in person, but over Zoom, right? Mm-hmm. And if you if you listen to a lot of the, uh, there's stats that say uh, Gen Z, right? Folks that are, you know, what, 11 to 23, right in that age group, you know, um, they actually prefer face-to-face communication. As really? Much as, yeah. And a lot of it's because they've had face-to-face communication from their phones, right? They they can Skype, they can uh, Snapchat, you know, you have all those different Slack, Zoom, right? You know, they have all these different ways, um, these platforms that they can use to have that face-to-face conversation. When they're gaming, they can put their, their, you know, their picture up if they want to, right? You can see people. And it was something that wasn't necessarily native technically. We know, us, you know, Gen Xers and Millennials that wasn't always native to our experience. The only way that we could communicate face-to-face was if we were face-to-face with somebody else or over a WebEx conference call in a big building. But now everyone has a phone where they can just have a, a intimate face-to-face conversation where you see people's eyes, you see their face, you see their reactions, you see their shoulders, right? Stress, not stress, right? Yeah. You can see that, that they're with you, right? That they are in the moment, that they are practicing mindfulness when they're talking to you. Right You're the only thing in the world that matters to them, you know, and so you know, like you said, having that conversation with that guy and he said, wow this is a great conversation He did most of the talking because he probably you probably he probably thinks that you made him feel like he was the only per- the only thing in the world that was that important at that moment right? absolutely. And how often do any of us get that opportunity
0: Do to really feel like do we even get that you know like there I'm sure there's some people that don't no you know,
1: no. so how do we create those? So the face-to-face conversation, real-time conversation, where we can see reactions. I mean, I love texting. You know, I'm, I'm I'm naturally I'm an introvert. So when I get a text or an email, I can think about the appropriate way to say things and and how I want to you know to you know my Facebook is is all you know it's all manufactured like everyone else, right? I put pictures up that I want. And I don't sure. and I don't do TMI, but I'll definitely do funny things and then I'll, you know so I'll I'll let people know what I want them to know, right? Face to face, real time—you can't always do that. Absolutely. You know, you. you are you are real, and a lot of the genuine emotions and reactions come out, and people—it helps people to respond to you better, and also helps them to see the repercussions of their communication styles. So, if I say things bluntly, if I step over toes, you're gonna—you know—if you say something that's gonna offend me or or hurt me, or I'm a little puzzled, I'm not sure right right you see that in real time oh mm-hmm. did i say something wrong right how often do we get that with the text sure. or an sure. email
0: we don't yeah well at least currently we'll see what happens in like 10 years with technology it's going <laughs> yeah, too really. fast it's going too fast your yeah, genetic well, code's going to be there i swear <laughs>
1: yeah no no absolutely Yeah. No. well yeah all we're gonna have to do is touch our screen and, and our dna will pop up you know and we'll detect just, things
0: just make yeah. a carl copy
1: <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> But you know, but you see it in how people, when they respond to stuff on on social media with memes and gifs, right? Those are um, representations, people's faces, right? Reactions to things, even if they're not ours, that are showing people. This is kind of how I feel. Emojis can kind of do that, you know. I, I wish there was a few more of those response emojis because the the difference between sad and upset. There's one that I want where it's just to shake my head. Just, <laughs> I read a lot of stuff, and I'm just like, really. And I wish there was that emoji. There isn't that emoji. Oh right? man. And, and, and I feel bad if I took a picture and just showed people, really, this is how this is how I'm feeling about that right now. So
0: I love that. <laughs> oh man, and and you know, uh, Carl, have you heard of uh, mirror neurons by any chance? Explain to me. So mirror neurons are essentially neurons in our brain that when we see someone doing something, it can actually give us the same feeling. And I'm not sure if it's with thinking as well. But like, for example, if you smile, like I kind of get that feeling in my own body. And I think that's a huge part of it, you know, like not only Mm -hmm. just seeing the reactions, but like if we can feel that aspect of it, you know, it really changes our behavior. And I think that's one of the hardships with, you know, the whole lockdown business worldwide. It's like we can't get that and you have to go out of your way to Um, manufactured manufactured even contacting people to talk you know like a lot of people are busy a lot of people have other stuff going on and it's hard to find that and you know if you went to work usually you'd bump into people at the water cooler oh hey how's it going all that kind of jazz yeah but now you have to take that additional step and I think just talking about this one fact I think if our viewers can you know take that time to like plan a weekly call with one of their good friends just discuss how your day is going (laughs) You know, it, it makes a big difference. And I think, uh, I think, are you familiar with Jordan Peterson by any chance, Carl? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. I was watching one of his videos and he was mentioning that, you know, if you get a partner in life, you need to get a partner, not that you have like a fall in love fantasy and all that, but you need someone that you can go through life because life is hard. It's not that easy slope and it's a personal process for everyone ups mm-hmm. and downs, but you need someone where you can talk to them about your day. And if you can't do that or if you feel intimidated because there are relationships like that where it's very you know button heads and all that kind of stuff and you know if you get that that's what's going to make you thrive and I think that's such an important lesson to be able to talk to people to make that time out because oftentimes we're very busy with work we're very busy with the stresses in our life from finances to everything in the middle you know Mm -hmm. so I think that's a very important thing and I think with that said, Carl, before we go on to closing statements, is there anything in particular that I didn't ask you about that you think you'd like to share with our viewers before going on to the final message and having your social media and uh, shout outs and all that kind of jazz given?
1: No, uh, but, but just to piggyback off what you were just saying, you know, sure. we're talking about the, the mirror neurons. Um, there's a concept called reflective listening. That's that? that's it's it's. It's a similar to active listening. It's actually, I believe it's a component of effective active listening where when you're listening to somebody, you know, if they're excited about something, you show excitement, you show interest. If they're upset about something, you show concern, right? And so to do that, you have to be mindful. You have to be in the moment with that person. You have to be um, using what's called tuning into yourself, Hmm. right? And when you're tuning into yourself, it's from the Helping Professional um, curriculum uh, that the state of Pennsylvania came out with about 20 years ago. Okay. And they um, they, they talk about when you're preparing for a meeting with the customer, you know, in, in human services, a meeting with the client, right, or a meeting with a patient, a meeting with your coworker, with your parents, You, if you know that person, if you've established some type of relationship, you know, think about how do you feel going into that conversation? Is there something that you know they're always you're always going to butt heads about? Was the last conversation you guys had you know a positive one? Is that you're looking forward to seeing that person? Was the last one contentious? You feel like you need to clean something up? Maybe it's the very first time you've met somebody, and maybe you're shy, right? As an introvert, if I'm not if I'm in an in- elevator with somebody else, I'm usually looking up at the at the the numbers, hoping to get to my floor without having to say anything. <laughs> unless they say something back to me sure right and then if they ask me a question i can give him an answer you talked to joe gray a couple weeks ago he i'm sure he gave you two hour answer on home gyms. he's passionate (laughs) about that but he's very much an introvert right but that's something that you know he's he's one of my best friends in the world but he's not always going to initiate conversation but when the conversation gets rolling he's just as good as any extrovert out there it's just introverts are counterpunchers right but because of that, they are listening and they're paying attention. And so to be intentional in that reflective listening where you're really, you know, i um, showing that person I'm here and I'm trying to be as empathetic as possible. So that's... That's, that's huge. Yeah, it's very much yeah. what you were talking about. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the amount of soft skill knowledge we got through this episode, Carl, wow. Um, oh, I appreciate that. No, 100%. Um, with that said, Carl, I mean, we have a usual segment where individuals give out their one message to the audience, and this is intentionally broad. It doesn't necessarily have to be about what we talked about. It can be about anything that popped up in your brain right now or that you thought really? of. What would be your one message?
1: But as human beings, we have more in common than we don't have in common. We all have emotions we all. We all feel love. We all feel shame. We all get stressed out. We all get happy. To recognize that at the end of the day, most people's motivation is to get through the day in a positive way. And if we can recognize that, and that very few people are really trying to get over on you, and that have a negative agenda, right, which may sound polyamorous to some people. Some people may say, oh, okay, whatever. Trust me. I mean, I, I grew up street smart. And what I can tell you is most of the people have good intentions. Mm. And if you can get past the bluster, get past the rhetoric, get past, you know, the, the talking points, and you get down to somebody as a human being and what gets them to smile, wow. we can connect with them in that way. There's so many more things we can do to connect with them. Can I tell a real quick story, Paul? Absolutely. So I play tennis and I play tennis a couple times a week. I'm in a league and I have a, my, my tennis partner. We've been partners for about five years and, and he's really nice guys. And he's, he's in his sixties, but he's really fit. He was a special forces guy in the, in the army. And, wow. you know, yeah. So I mean, and he's a construction a
0: competitor. And, <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. So,
1: <laughs> um, so the more, you know, we, we played a lot. Well, He's more conservative, you know, in, in his views than I am. I'm a little more liberal, and but we play golf together too sometimes. And the last time, he came out in a hat that said um, "Gun Owners for Trump," and he wore it without any irony, and he just wore it. And it was something that, you know, I um I just thought back to all you know, and and I said, you know, does that change who that person is? i had a I had a negative thought for like, you know the first five minutes going shot, I'm going to beat this gun owner for Trump, right? blah 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 my head. But then we just went through the eighteen rounds. we had I mean the, the eighteen holes, we went through a round, we had a blast, we smoked cigars, had had beers, talked about the things that we had in common, our kids, and he is just he's a wonderful man, and he is a blessing to my life to know somebody like him and i have a few other people that i play tennis with that are very much liked and very conservative but you know at the end of the day you know we enjoy each other's company we can go have a beer you know and because we're human beings and once you get to the human aspect of you know there's things that make us laugh there's things that make us sad but that we all want to end the day in a good way i think Absolutely. we can get past some of that so
0: yeah, that was an amazing story. And, you know, that's that's the way that I think everyone should go about it. You know, I, I think in politics, especially in the States, you know, it's very like, oh, you're conservative. OK, I'm not even talking to you. Oh, you're yeah. a liberal. Oh, I'm not even talking about you, you know, and it's 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 such a shame because, you know, when you label someone as just one thing, it just throws away all their value out the door, you know, and even for people who are conservative you ask why they're conservative are you just assuming that they're this are you assuming that liberals are just this and it's it's easy to do that you know and i think that's why mm-hmm. people judge and that's why people discriminate because it's the first thing that pops up there's very low effort and it's easy to do and it takes conscious action like you were mentioning you gotta mm-hmm. activate that brain gotta be like, okay we got we had that thought why mm-hmm. am i having that thought okay that's why i'm having that thought let's go forward but you know you change your life from that and maybe there's some aspects of you know being a republican that you do agree with, and maybe you know that's going to change the way that you act in the world. And right. it, you know, just by, uh, you know, having that diversity in your life, you get more compassion because you get more experiences through the conversations of your amazing soft skills, Carl. Right. And uh you know, it just makes the world a better place. Yeah. Um,
1: I, I had a know, friend. I had a friend who, on Facebook, you know, I, I was telling a story. I said something about. Oh, I mean, he wanted to cancel somebody, and I said, "Well." Now, I've got friends that that I hang out with that are conservative that have totally different views than me. and you know, and we have and he said, well, you know, if you have oh, no cops, you know I said, I know I went to school with cops, you know, the high school with cops, and I have cops in my family, and and you know, some of them I love to death. Well, you should you should cancel them." I said, why?" He said, you know, just because they're they're a cop or just because they agree with somebody else, I said, you know, if I cancel them, they may not have a friend like me that has access to them that can help them see the other perspective. 75% of Caucasian Americans do not have a regular relationship with an African American in this country.
0: Really? Yes. Wow.
1: And a regular relationship like coming over for barbecues, watching football games together, hanging out, right? Wow. Yeah. And and it's, um, I think the number is 55% for Hispanic Americans, with Caucasian Americans with Hispanic Americans with relationships. Wow. And and I really think if you don't have exposure to somebody else, you're going to get exposure from what you see on TV, right? In the, in the 80s and 90s, most black and brown people on TV or in the movies were criminals or superheroes, right? And so larger than life or you know um, negative. So a lot of people had that idea of folks are dangerous, they're scary. Right? And if you have not been exposed to somebody who is not dangerous or scary and had, is a human being, a single dad with, you know, three marriages and, and working hard and, and going to, you know, working two jobs while they're finishing their PhD and everything else like that and realize that people live their lives in the same way that you do, you know, and have emotions just like you do and have motivations just like you do, then you're going to believe what you believe. See, you know, 60%, I think the number 60%. Of that's people crazy. that are on welfare work twenty to twenty five hours a week, that they receive food stamps. Right? How yeah. how many people think that the majority of the people that are on food stamps work? That's not what you hear in our culture. No,
0: and right, and you know that's that just goes back to the media. You know, it's the media portraying certain individuals as certain things, which is really unfortunate. And you got to
1: make money somehow, right? So, <laughs> and and, and I it's insidious. Know.
0: insidious. Yeah. It yeah
1: I, I shouldn't play, think, play yeah. lightly. but you yeah. know if, if, we, if we rise above and we think about how we feel about things and and do we have access to somebody and i i tell people i'm an open book i, I have a lot of friends who, who are black that do not want to have those conversations with their white friends i don't want to be the one explaining things to you i get it but i tell people if you have any questions come and ask me my my job is an educator you know that's what i do for a living and so i'm not going to stop being an educator um, just because I don't agree with you socially, sure. right, or that we don't have the same idea, how do we get the same idea? We enlighten each other.
0: And so. Enlighten each other. Yeah. Beautiful. That's awesome, girl. And I think you know what we we explored so many topics today, from communication, from diversity, in so many different realms of life, from you know where you're born, your ethnicity, you know financial diversity. And we talked about privilege. We talked about the fact of, you know, some people have a little bit easier time in certain things compared to others. And we talked about the hardships of breaking away from our ego and realizing that, you know, maybe some things aren't the way that we've seen. We talked about the fact that we may have an emotional response based on, you know, the first part of life and our experiences there. But we talked about how to make amends and rise forward in our own personal process you know i had a lot of fun this episode and you know i I learned a lot i got to revisit a lot of cool topics that i really enjoyed um and yeah go ahead can i add one more thing yeah okay last (laughs) one
1: one yeah (laughs) so just just to be clear with the privilege right you know so a lot of people don't recognize the privilege that they have right and also once the privilege is recognized it's not there for you to feel guilty or bad Huge. about the situation you 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 do not need to feel guilty black people do not need you to feel guilty we're not going to pay our bills because you feel more guilty right you know so we're not going to money off that we're not going to be able to live our lives off that we just, and so a lot of folks just want that understanding of this is the door we need to open so you know there's no guilt or feeling bad about it what there is is opportunity to act and make the situation better. So I just I just want to clear that up and make sure that, that we talked future. about that. I don't blame anybody for having privilege. You know, and, and it's not and your you shouldn't fault. Blame that you blame yourself. And, and it's not your fault that you have privilege. These Absolutely. are things that have been given to you without your consent. Absolutely. Once, once it's recognized, now there's something we can do about it. So I just want to make sure. That that,
0: that's a great point that you mentioned, yeah. you know, yeah. the the cards that you're given in life are out of your control, whether, you know, whatever your ethnicity is, whatever color you are, whether you have curly hair or whether you have straight hair or they have a mustache. Uh, I guess that's kind of a little bit on you if you decide to shave it off or not. But, you know, yeah. like the cards that's are dealt in.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, but, you know, it's uh, the cards that you're dealt with in life out of your hands, how you play them and how you react to others and how they're playing their cards. That's your call. And Absolutely. what you choose to do in there. That's on you and that's the impact you can make on the world or take away from the world. Yep. So we're the dealers and we just dealt to your cards. What are you going to do? Awesome. I think on, on that note, Carl, what are your shout outs? Where can people find you? And yeah,
1: well, I'm, I'm on a, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on uh you know, I, I have a personal Facebook page. It's, um, it's irreverent. And sometimes, sometimes other people's wisdom I, I share on Facebook, but, uh, um, I have an Instagram, mostly it's, concerts i go to i go to concerts as much as i can you know when when Beautiful. the world opens back up and uh just videos <laughs> from that i'm probably sure i'm probably getting in trouble for that one day but <laughs> <laughs> um I'm, you know, carl raven uh yeah if you want to reach out to me linkedin is a great great place facebook is a great place um i'm in a band called empty wagon uh we play here in the sacramento area and we you know we're open to other things uh and uh it's a, it's a lot of fun and you know, I thank you for having me, and I really appreciate uh, being able to, to share my, my 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 views on life.
0: Absolutely, and for those of you considering to listen to Carl, I did check out his music last night, and this man has an amazing voice. So definitely give it a listen. And all about good vibes. You know, some a little bit kind of going back, so we're away from you know that mainstream, you know, new techno kind of stuff. But bringing back the guitar, bringing it back to the vocals, and all that good stuff from there.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: And, you know, with that said, Carl, thank you again for coming on to the Personal Process Podcast, for sharing your life story, and for giving us so much value and unique insight into your life, your personal life, and the lessons that you've learned going to today. With that being, yeah, thank you again. And with that being said, sir, we'll go on to our outro. Thank you for everyone who's viewed and listened to this episode. All the best.
1: And be well and be safe.
0: Be well and be safe. Hey, everyone, I'm back after another amazing episode with another amazing guest, we hope we added value into your life. So you could take the tips from this episode and fuel your process forward. If you enjoyed our episode today, and think other friends or family members may also appreciate the lessons that our podcast brings, be sure to share us with them, subscribe and rate our show so we know how we did. And always remember, trust the process. Hey everyone, Param back after another amazing episode with another amazing guest. We hope we added value into your life so you could take the tips from this episode and fuel your process forward. If you enjoyed our episode today and think other friends or family members may also appreciate the lessons that our podcast brings, be sure to share us with them. Subscribe and rate our show so we know how we did. And always remember, trust the process.